What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised, press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. Anya, what do we watch? Well, Kevin, we watched Jack Reacher. A talking about the new Amazon program? No, Psych. We watched the 2012 action mystery thriller film uh, directed by one one Christopher McQuarrie, based on the Lee Child novel One Shot, starring Tom Cruise, among others. And you're generally a big fan of the Christopher McQuarrie Tom Cruise collaborations, are you uh... not? I mean, I don't, I've always avoided, I mean, before meeting you, I avoided Tom Cruise movies because I, I don't really 
fuck with the whole cult thing, but um, I we did watch uh, some of the Mission Impossible. <laughs> we did watch some of the Mission Impossible movies, which were pretty fun. Right, it put the ones you enjoyed were were the ones directed by Mr. McQuarrie. I love their fun action pieces, you know. So I and you know me, I love action. I love some spy shit. I love some climbing Play with on me. buildings, running. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're so glamorous. <laughs> Really, really took me into the world of espionage here in Indianapolis. <laughs> Speaking of Indiana, though, you... Uh... Th- this film is based on the novel One Shot. Yeah. And even though the film uh, ostensibly takes place in Pittsburgh, the book takes place uh, in an unnamed southern Indiana town. Pretty rude of Pennsylvania to come in and eat our lunch like that. Fuck that. Aren't you mad? Why aren't, pe- why aren't Hoosiers up in arms? <laughs> over this they were robbed not i mean there's there's a sporadic indiana representation i'm appalled you said you thought it was bloomington where it was i thought it was bloomington at the time i've seen some people speculate that it is evansville of course you're very 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 familiar with evansville yeah a little too familiar because i've been there once (laughs) tell us about evansville and your experience with evansville it sort of had like illinois it it sort of didn't it have sort of illinois vibes almost i mean because it's over there but you know where were we recently where we're like this feels like it i think it was springfield illinois and that had a very similar vibe when we went there it was uh on on assignment and we went to the uh scary treasure treasure shop place where they have a you know, quote-unquote, discarded is, mail. <laughs> yeah, this is a business that sells ostensibly unopened packages that have gone lost in and the And we went on the wrong day, because apparently the day they get the packages, you can get all this cool shit. And we got... Uh, like diamonds. Diamonds, uh, live tigers, uh, uh, planes, you know, uh, airfare. It, but when we went, we literally purchased a number of... Just useless crap. One, actually, two pretty nice dresses that look pretty good on me. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ding them on that one. And then a, uh, for, but the, but the thing is, the dresses were already open, so I knew what I was getting there. For the unopened packages, it was all crap, including one cardboard box that we opened it and it was empty. We spent money to buy money that we earned, legal tender, to buy an empty cardboard box. But in fairness, wasn't that money refunded to you by your workplace? Nonetheless. It's the so spirit you, of the thing. So you got your workplace to pay you to go to Evansville to spend money on a box of nothing and then to reimburse you for the cost of that box of nothing. Is that what you're telling me, Miss Kane? Kevin, I'm telling you my article about that experience was the, was a big winner. So, it was worth every penny. It was worth every uh I think it was like I think it all came out to like 30 bucks and I yeah. So, I mean, so I, I it was worth every penny. Cuz I'm 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 good at spinning straw into gold. <laughs> As you know from doing this podcast with me. Well, I guess now aren't you obligated to uh, link to that article in the no, notes? No, that no, I don't want to. Let's not. Let, let, let's keep church and state separate here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll accuse myself of plagiarism and not uh, not linking. <laughs> Literally a controversy. <laughs> Different versions of Anya pointing at one another like the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> 
now you are plagiarizing yourself. How have you gone to that Spider-Man well? If people go to your Twitter feed right now, that that is a pinned tweet. Jesus, get that, some new material. That, that's the joke. <laughs> the joke is that you've run out of ideas and just endlessly repeating yourself. Now you've described... To gradually being, diminishing returns. Now you've described being married to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have fun here. <laughs> you love the ice cream in Evansville. Didn't we go to GD Ritzy's? Yeah, it was nice. I like that. So, if you were doing this movie, would you like set an action sequence at GD Ritzy's? Yeah, they're they're running. The little tiny cups of ice cream are being thrown at them. I don't know. I yeah. maybe it's just as well you don't direct action films. Yeah, probably. But I mean, would that be kind of cute? Where would you do with an Indianapolis? I mean, I know that's not where one shot was, or whatever the hell it was, uh, was was supposed to be set. It was supposed to be set to the south. But what would you do in an Indianapolis thriller? I feel like a lot of it would just be people driving around Indianapolis and being like, so is this technically still Indianapolis? And people would be like, yep. Again, I think it's a really good thing that you don't make thrillers. <laughs> There's a reason why Hollywood has turned down all of your pitches and proposals. <laughs> been shot down. Oh, man. Yeah, Indianapolis, I don't think, lends itself. There's the track. There's the Circle Center Mall. There's Union Station. Circle Center Mall. That's a draw. Come on. I mean, for, for uh, scenes, uh, uh, for locations for action sequences. What, like running past shuttered shops? Is that exciting? <laughs> and what the track would be cool in, like, a Fast and Furious type movie that's very car-centric. Like, they, you know, the... They break onto the track somehow, and they're going around the circle a bunch of times. Everyone's cheering, and the real drivers are confused because they, you know, they were expecting to to start soon. I, I would that would be good. So definitely a car centric movie could do well in Indianapolis. So it sounds like you're backtracking, and now I think it's a great idea to shoot a movie in uh, Indianapolis. Only for like a car sort of like Fast and Furious sort of situation. That makes sense. But otherwise, I mean, I don't know. And but then again, there's not a lot of good options. Bloomington only has the college, and then only. Yes, that's pretty impressive. Your alma mater. You're very proud. I, I know your father is always talking about how Bloomington also has the Janeway statue. A, a, a university campus and the Janeway statue. That those are gonna be the big moments where people are. That's Bloomington for you. That's our. That's our tourism dollars at work, folks. In the new Jack Reacher picture. A lot of people love a movie called Breaking Away. That was set in Wilmington. Well, what about Columbus? Columbus might work because they have some interesting architecture, so it would look kind of distinctive. Exactly. So I, I think you're making yourself look foolish. I'm saying Columbus <laughs> would look great. How does that make me look And of course, foolish? a movie was filmed in Columbus not too long ago. It wasn't an action movie, though. Did you see it? It was a movie about people contemplating life in Columbus. <laughs> Isn't uh, the intellectual life's often filled with action oh, and stakes? God. You're one of these people who thinks anything is dull unless there's a bunch of shooting. First of all, untrue. Second of all, I'm saying that you don't really seem to know what an action film is. <laughs> if you think that the Columbus movie qualifies you haven't as even being seen relevant it. in this discussion. You haven't even seen it. So what was, like, John Cho on the run from people in Columbus, Indiana? 
I, I think we should take a break and go watch Columbus. Probably won't do that. No, we but won't. We, should... we certainly won't. Because we want to move this along. <laughs> Dude, we've been talking for like 10 minutes. We haven't even gotten into anything. <laughs> well, I think we had to address the fact that it was a fucking rude-ass thing for Pittsburgh to do. Steal this this little movie from Indiana. You know, I just, I, I didn't want that to go unaddressed. I didn't want to leave that hanging. Do you think more things should be filmed in Indiana? You actually, some of your favorite franchises are have Indiana connections. We got Parks and Rec. We got Stranger One one Day at a Time. Yeah, that that's Uh, super relevant and current. My my family like loved the middle. I never watched it with them, but they said it was very good. So, you know, good for them for being in Indiana. Maybe I'll give it another shot because. So your family sent you postcards telling you what TV shows they watched. What? You said you never watched it with your family, but they let you know they enjoyed it. Well, I speak to them regularly, so... <laughs> what? Oh, my God. So, but, but, yeah, this is a series that is based on... So um, why why do you suppose... Well, what, what are you interrupting me for? What, are, what do you want to say? Why do you suppose your Stranger Things, your Parks and Recs, your One Day at a Times... Why I suppose all these are, what what's what is it about Indiana that these filmmakers failed to pick up on? It's synonymous that uh, it will. Uh, Indiana, what about a little thing called Erie, Indiana? I'm sure Pittsburgh probably gave them a good deal, and maybe there was some reasons why they did it there for financial reasons. You said it's all about the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe. There's a no, I don't I don't know I've not read like literature about how this movie was made, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> I thought you did work. I thought you researched these before we even watched them. I just researched. You put out this no, phone book size sheaf of papers. I just researched labeled Jack Reacher. Can I finish? I just researched them to make sure that they're not too scary for you to watch. <laughs> You bring out this phone book-sized sheaf of papers labeled Jack Reacher, and now that I'm looking through it, it's just pictures of Tom Cruise. Oh, Anya. No, I mean, not even, though. So, yeah. So, can you just give a quick, brief blurb about what the Jack Reacher novel series is and what it's it's all about? And then we maybe, because I think that maybe gets into some of the heart of some things that are wrong with this movie. (laughs) I'm getting the idea that you you weren't a huge fan of this picture. Okay, I enjoyed elements of it. So like something. So the Jack Reacher is a series of books that were originally written by uh, Lee Child. I believe the more recent books have been written in collaboration with his brother Andrew Child, who is going to take over the series. Uh, it's basically a male fantasy figure who is really big really strong, really, really smart. He has no emotional uh, commitments or geographic commitments. He just wanders around the country with no more than a toothbrush and the clothes on his back. And when they get too dirty, he tosses them and buys new clothes. Uh, So it's kind of a fantasy life that a man uh, might fantasize living, especially if he was uh, living here with uh, Anya. What? 
You made a crack about being married to me. Oh, God! <laughs> Anya's over there pretending to uh, cry. Yeah, it's, it's all fake. <laughs> Trying to make you look like a dick in front of the audience. So, uh, he's a military police, and often these stories are military sort of focused mystery thrillers. He was at one point a member of the military, but by the time the series begins with, uh, I can say the first book was called The Killing Floor, by the time it begins, he's out of the military just wandering the country. Yes. He's a drifter. He's a drifter. He's one with the wind. So, um, yeah. Okay, so the central mystery in this story... We actually see what happens from the Yeah, beginning. tell us the opening. I think you love the opening. I thought the opening was quite effective. And I'll say this. I, I had mixed feelings about this movie, and I'll discuss that later. But uh, I think what this film does very well, it, it does quite well. So, I mean, it's certainly a lot of competence went into this. So I, I really don't think it's necessarily bad. But some things maybe rubbed me the wrong way. But then again, I have to admit, I might not be the target audience for this film. Even though I do love action films. Jai Courtney, the actor, playing some bad guy, loads up a rifle at a, and you're seeing him do all this preparation and he starts shooting random people seemingly um, across, while situated in a parking lot, like across this sort of river from this area where people are walking and uh, kills like five people. And, and it's very, it's very harrowing because you see him trailing all these people with the scope of his rifle at first and sort of deciding who he's going to pick to shoot. And it's like, oh, God. You know, so, like, you're kind of, it, it, it's pretty uh, effective, at, you know, inducing the dread and sort of um, sucking you into the story. Like, why is he doing this? Who's going to survive? What's going to happen? What would compel somebody to do this? What horrible plot is in motion here? And uh, then we see the detectives pretty quickly solve the crime. They start seemingly, mm-hmm. but they, they tra- you know, they see the guy, pay- the, the dude seemingly paid for parking. He dropped some uh, casings of his gun and uh, just left a bunch of evidence that uh, they're able to trace and arrest the guy. It's an open and shut situation. But when it comes time for this guy to confess, all he writes down is get Jack Reacher. Huh? Who's Jack Reacher? That's what everyone's asking. Well, he's the title of the movie, so I'm sure we're going to find out more about him shortly. <laughs> and of course, he's played by Tom Cruise, and at the time there was some controversy because uh, Cruise was physically very wrong for the role. How so? The Jack Reacher of the books is described as being like a huge... Uh, mountain of a man, uh, his hands the size of like uh, canned hams or something. <laughs> Sounds like a monster. Uh, but Tom Cruise, though he has uh, a lot of charisma and though he fronts for a uh, cult, <laughs> he's uh, of small stature physically. Yeah. He, okay. So I was thinking about that because this is one central problem uh, I have had with the movie the, the the main character and i think this is because they had tom cruise doing it or at least that's a lot of the problem i when we watch those mission impossible movies um 
Ethan Hunt is that his his name in that? I think so. that's the that's the Tom Cruise character in those. He has kind of almost a sense of humor. He's charming. He's he's not. You don't feel like he's very tough and doing all this tough guy stuff, but you don't feel like he's trying that hard. He's not coming up and being like, "I'm gonna whoop your ass for no reason." This guy sort of has more of that mentality, and very much try hard. Look how tough I am, and like basically silencing other men with like just a look. And it's like, okay, he just doesn't. He's not physically imposing, so that doesn't really, that doesn't really fly. He, and, like he's not physically imposing. He just looks like Tom Cruise, and so like if you're gonna have a character be doing stuff like that, you know, casting is sort of important. Somebody, if, if you saw this guy, you'd be like, oh, a short gla- guy is glaring at me. You know, maybe I don't want to go into a fight with him, but maybe if I'm already established as like a tough bad guy henchman, maybe I don't really care. So having him, having this character be sort of humorless, it's not really pa- playing to the, the, you know, it's not really playing to what I think Tom Cruise is capable of within these characters. That was my general feeling. And that takes you out of it, because you're, like, half the time he kind of just comes off more looking like just an asshole than a protagonist. And not, not an asshole in the sense of, like, oh, characters can be jerks and still be compelling. He's not particularly compelling either, so... If you have a character that's, A, not that deep, you know, maybe you need at least for him to be charming or funny or, or have some kind of, like, lightness to him that this guy doesn't have. And it's kind of nice to see a character have emotional connections to people. And he really doesn't seem to have emotional connections. He's kind of like a human version of uh, the Lilith Hobo. Okay, but here's the thing about the Littlest Hobo. Littlest Hobo, of course, is the famous Canadian TV series about a dog <laughs> who uh, wanders from town to town. He meets people, then just moves on. See, I was about to mention that as well. So we're obviously on the same wavelength, you know. But the Littlest Hobo is like, he's a German Shepherd, so he doesn't talk, obviously. But he's like nice to people. Like, he, he has pleasant interactions with people and seems to care about their well-being. With Jack Reacher, you kind of see that a little bit, but a lot of his interactions with people sort of seem a bit unpleasant. And it's like, if some guy was kind of coming through and being all charming and then just kind of leaving with the, you know, leaving at the end of the day, then that would be one thing. But this guy more of, like, shows up and is like, yeah, I don't care, whatever, and then leaves and is like, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A male fantasy figure. Yeah. Just come in and be grumpy I, and leave. Yeah, it was kind of grumpy, and I didn't get that. Because, like, if, if it's the male fa- fantasy figure, you almost feel like he should come in and be kind of, maybe not, not he doesn't have to be, like, James Bond suave, but suave in his own rough-hewn way. And then breeze out of town, leaving all the guys being like, oh, there goes my buddy, and all the women being like, oh, there goes my, the love of my life. Then that would... That would, to me, be more interesting because it's like shows like people do like him, but he keeps moving on anyway. What does that say about him? Whereas in this one, it's like, oh, that coworker that made us all kind of uncomfortable. Thank God he's gone. Let's never think about him again. You know, I didn't like the vibes he was putting out in this. It seemed aggressive in an unearned way. Now, the Jack Reacher, at least the Jack Reacher of the books, seems to be a character that appeals to... uh, more than you might expect to the females in the audience. So you, mm. uh, you are, to my understanding, a lady. What the fuck? 
So yeah, as a is a is a woman is a member of the fairer sex. What did you think of the character? At least as presented in the film. I'm not going to judge the entire character because I've never read a Jack Reacher book to my knowledge. Um, I'm not going to judge. Wouldn't the- you know? Well, like sometimes, like when you're a kid, you pick up like books your mom brought home from the library, and then you get scarred for life because it's all about murder. But um, if do you have a specific anecdote there, because it sounds nope. that sounds weirdly specific. Nope, <laughs> just saying. And uh, so I'm just saying this. There was like thriller stuff I read when I was a kid that I don't, I wouldn't know what the name was. Um, he, I like the idea of the character. I really do. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, you know, and like a, a mysterious man rolling into town, yeah, for for heterosexual ladies, that's going to be appealing. And I think just for people who enjoy like action films, having a character who's kind of just surviving on his wits and kind of going around and doesn't have any, like, I think that's fun because it lets him do a lot. It's not like oh, I'm a I'm a detective who's based in Atlanta, so why the fuck would I be suddenly in California? You know, like it's like he doesn't have any jurisdictions; he can go wherever. So that's a great character concept. So I like the idea of the character. As presented in this movie, the only thing that I found him a fantasy figure of was that he was able to read while in a moving car, which is something I've always wanted to be able to do because I get, like, uh, motion sickness if I do that. But he was doing that a lot, and I was like, hell yeah. But otherwise, he just kind of, he's not that interesting. And I, I didn't, maybe this is me, one character trait that I find very unappealing in, in not just in men, frankly, but in in. Other people, people in general. So by other people, you mean women? Just anybody. Right. Like, I mean, if I meet you, if someone's coming across as, like, arrogant, that's just, I, like, I can't. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, that will immediately make me take you less, so much less seriously. Maybe I have some sort of uh, defiant situation going on in my mind where I'm like, oh, come on. But, like, I, like if, you're, if you're coming across like you think you're the bee's knees, then I'm immediately going to be like, oh, this person's obviously an insecure asshole. And Jack Reacher at points comes across as very, very arrogant in a way that doesn't seem particularly, like, well done. Like, we're, like we're supposed to think this guy is the bee's knees. He thinks he's the bee's knees. The movie thinks he's the bee's knees. Everyone's just, you know, and it's not in, like, a kind of a... You would almost think a, a Jack Reacher character, as you described him to me previously, would be a little bit more, like cards close to the vest like i'm not gonna brag too much but he's always kind of like looking at people like if you say another word you know i'm gonna throw you out the fucking window like he doesn't actually say that but like that kind of vibe and it's kind of like okay i don't know it, it just it felt he felt very flat and kind of annoying in this that that, that was my problem with the movie because otherwise there were there was a lot to like I remember when talking about the character and whether or not the character appealed to you. I remember there was a scene where uh, a female character happens to be the lawyer who's driven him. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to take it up from there? Yeah, I'll talk. So, so okay, this is played as like a sexy kind of hot scene, and the lawyer. So, this, his partner in this is like a, a female lawyer played by. Uh, Played by Rosamund Pike. Uh, and she was my favorite character in this. But she drives him to his motel and is sort of drinking beer with him in this shitty motel. It's falling apart. He is washing his only shirt that he owns in a sink. And so he, he's shirtless and sweaty in front of her. 
and then at the end of it, they're, you know, talking about exposition, and then at the end of it, you know, he's like, oh, you know, pick me up tomorrow, because he doesn't have a car. And it's like, this is, like, this is the character, I mean, like, because I could see pulling it off, but in the moment, in the moment of this movie, we're supposed to believe that this man who's going to be walking around tomorrow in what is going to be honest, a dirty, mildewy smelling shirt, you know, sleeping in a sleazy, shitty motel, you know, who, do, who, who you have to pick up in your car, and that's what women want? Like, <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Just come on. That's how I won you. <laughs> I know how it's supposed to work. I know the character's supposed to be like, I'm a cowboy. I rely on myself. I roll into town, save the day, roll out. That's appealing. But as presented in this film, not appealing at all. And also, he's the biggest, strongest guy in the room. He's the smartest guy in the room. So whether you want a guy who's smart or a guy who's strong, you've got it all with him. He's all in one. I like just like my Kevin. (laughs) You've often compared my hands to uh, Cam Cam's. Tiny, dainty kittens. I can see I can see conceptually why this works, but movie wise doesn't put him to great use just because I think it's miscast. I think Tom Cruise does better with like an Ethan Hunt situation than a Jack Reacher situation. Now we talk about male fantasy figures a lot and how this or that character in fiction is a male fantasy character. What would a female fantasy character for women be like? Nancy Drew. Elaborate. She uh, is empowered. She doesn't answer to anybody. Her dad lets her do whatever she wants. He's never he's never there to be an imposition and be like, uh, no, you can't investigate that. That's dangerous. She has a car. She has great clothes. She has great friends. Women like her. Men like her. Only people who don't like her turn out to be complete asshole criminals who are up to something who she can then turn around and bust and throw in jail. There you go. Female fantasy figure. Enough said. Enough said. She's uh she's she's feminine. She's beautiful. People think she's feminine and beautiful, but she can also do traditionally masculine things like solve mysteries. She has a boyfriend who's available to serve her. She has a boyfriend who's available to serve her when she needs muscle or something like that, but she never has to worry about his emotional or physical needs at all. Ladies, can we ask for anything more? I mean, meanwhile, in our fucking relationship, I'm the muscle for you. And I'm the one that solves all the mysteries and, uh... I'm just your, uh, hired goon. Yeah, you're the brawn, I'm the brains. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I think that I think Nancy Drew is a good example of a female mystery, a female uh, fantasy figure, and that's why you know she's appealed. It's funny, like it's funny when you think about that. It's like it's different, but I I can I can see Jack Reacher resonating with people of all genders and sexualities. It, it can be an interesting device to have the character really truly be not tied down and see how that works in real life. Uh, and the books are really. And I don't mean this to be insulting. They're really easy to read. Lots of short sentences, lots of short chapters. Uh, you, you always say, well, I'll just read another chapter and then it's, it's over. So you read another one. Uh, and there is an intelligence both to the character and to the, and to the storytelling. Right. So the, there's there's talent there and it's constructed well. And and again, I'll say that for this movie too. I, I don't really blame Tom Cruise as much as I don't really care for him. I, I don't think... I just think they needed someone someone who brought a different sort of vibe to the picture. I think that would have been made it a stronger picture. Maybe made people take the maybe made me take the character a little bit more seriously. Do you have somebody in mind? No, I really don't off the top of my head. I'm terrible at like fan casting to be honest, but I, I think someone bigger, someone with a bit of more gravitas, perhaps. Uh someone someone A Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Yeah, sure. Because I think he could bring more of a humor to it, too, while still being intimidating because of his size and sort of... Yeah, that could work. Jack Reacher shows up to this situation, meets the now comatose alleged shooter's attorney. Now, the guy went comatose because he was uh, sort of like, the guards let other prisoners beat him into a coma. And... This uh, Rosamund Pike attorney, she turns out to not only be this guy's defense attorney, but also the daughter of the DA, which I think would be, I would imagine would be pretty problematic for both of them if they lived in the same area, right? I think the only way you could get away with something like that was if you lived in like a really small town. Yeah. But everybody knows everybody. Yeah, you're not going to, yeah. That, that seems like that wouldn't fly. But in a city the size of Evansville, or Pittsburgh, if you will, uh, I, that wouldn't fly. Feels like that wouldn't fly at all. And I, I, I think if you if your dad was the DA and you really, really wanted to be a defense attorney, you'd probably go to another city. Yeah, just go a city over or something. I don't know. That's, yeah, that seems stupid. But um, Go to Allentown. <laughs> why go there? Well, she's in Pittsburgh. Isn't Allentown... Maybe go to Altoona. Maybe go to Bethlehem. Go to Reading. Go to Reading. We've been there. Never going back. <laughs> so why are you so determined to shit on all of these cities where we have devoted listeners? No one in Evansville is going to listen to the program ever again. And now you're shitting on all of our Reading listeners. Do you think we have really that many people in Evansville and Reading listening to us? If so, guys. According to my guys, download stats, those are our two biggest oh, uh, towns. Fuck! <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Maybe we could just cut that part out of the program. Cut all my scathing remarks on Evansville out. 
I didn't say anything. I don't, I, I just, it sort of felt like a kind of a depressed area and I, I felt sort of sad being there, but I'm sure. Are you talking about Evansville or Reading? Well, both. (laughs) I'm sure the people there are nice, you know, I'm sure they're doing their best trying. I just, you know, uh, not, not everything's perfect about old Indy either. You know, sometimes it, just because a city's not like a shining beacon doesn't mean the people there are bad. Or so you're I, saying, or I think ill of them. So you're saying Evansville sucks, Reading sucks, Indianapolis is far from perfect. Is there a city that gets your seal of approval? I think every place you ever are has some pretty significant downsides. So nothing satisfies you? Nothing. I'm always fucking miserable. I'm a delight to be around. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. She's a lot of fun. A barrel of laughs. Um, so at this point, the uh, lawyer and Jack Reacher both assume that this guy's totally guilty because of the amount of evidence against him. And uh, Jack Reacher reveals the dark secret that initially connected him to this man. When he was uh, in the military police, he had this guy dead to rights as uh, doing sniper murders of three civilian contractors, either in, I guess, Iraq or Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, it was this guy just basically got obsessed with being a sniper and just could, you know, never got to kill anyone, so he wanted to go out with a bang, I guess, no pun intended. And Anya, five people died. Not these, not, no, I'm talking about the civilian contractor. Okay, Anya, four people died. They were rapists. The thing is, it it got buried because they were rapists. They had just come from like a rape party where they raped a bunch of women. And so the army just sort of covered it up and, uh, you know, no one ever knew. And this guy sort of uh, got off as a result. So Reacher is convinced the guy is guilty, but then he decides to investigate. I don't know if we really need to go into all of the details are there particular there's lots of scenes meant to show us how cool jack reacher is yeah he gets into a fight with these people at a bar and he beats them up and like i'm like that just makes you look like an asshole because it felt like i know it's supposed to feel like those people forced it but it sort of felt like there were a couple of opportunities to just like de-escalate or leave and he didn't take them so it i wasn't that impressed with that scene and then of course that's tied to the plot because obviously you get into a bar fight when you're in a thriller, obviously those people were paid off to intimidate you. Exactly. You're not just an asshole who gets in a bar fight. It's all connected. <laughs> and uh, we don't have to go into all of this, but yeah, he's like slut-shaming this girl. And then again, it's he's justified later because it turns out she was working for the bad guys, but it's just like, okay, like I don't know. The lawyer's fretting. She's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, if I lose this case, I'll, it'll ruin my career. What? No, it wouldn't. Being a defense attorney in a high profile homicide investigation would raise your profile. And also ev- the way our system works, even people who do really vile, horrific acts need representation. So perhaps if you did, if you got him off through some legality or some technicality, maybe some people would hate you, but she's not anticipating that's going to happen. If she was able to get him off, so to speak, 
Wouldn't she be uh, snatched up by some big firm in a larger town? Yeah, definitely. It would mean it would be it would be tremendous. Yeah, feather in her cap. Yeah, geez. So that's kind of dumb. And then, um, turns out two of the victims were ha- likely having an affair, but that's irrelevant because it turns out, as as Jack and the attorney figure out together, uh. It's all about some corporate it's thing. It's all corporate thing. It's a it, it's evil construction business. Now, there was a fight scene that you really seemed to like. The one where he goes into a, a house and he gets attacked by two people. Can you tell us about that scene and why it tickled yeah. your fancy? There was a lot of humor to that scene. They Okay, so he goes into this house, blah, 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 for plot reasons. He's in, unraveling the mystery. And... These two guys get the drop on him, and one of them, one of them hits him in the head with a baseball bat. So he's sort of incapacitated. He falls in this old-fashioned, large bathtub, a la President Taft, and they—they're so like I guess implied to be so on drugs that they're very uncoordinated with their attacks. So they keep hitting him, but they're hitting the tub, and the and, it, and it's kind of going nowhere, and they're breaking the window. And they're breaking other plate, you know, areas of the, of the bathroom, one a la of, President Harding. <laughs> and, they, and they end up basically one of them ends up hitting the other, even though they're on the same team. And all of this gives Jack enough time to recuperate enough to kind of mount some sort of defense, and he, and he ends up beating them up. I just thought that was hilarious. I thought that was very funny because you just keep on being like, "What are these guys doing? <laughs> just hit them already." And there were other times you laughed at some of the things the female attorney said. So you said she was your favorite character. What about her appealed to you? I think uh, Rosamund Pike is a, is a great actress, and I just thought she brought some kind of, like, it would be like Jack would be, you know, coming doing some, like, dumb shit where he'd be, like, taking himself so seriously of, like, this is how I work. I'm going to crumple a Post-it note, and when you figure something out, I'll hand it to you, and it'll be the same thing that you just figured out instead of me just telling you what I know. And, like, she just kind of, like, seemed to kind of be, like, kind of not as impressed as he wanted. And I, I was, like, good for her. Stand, you know, like, like every five minutes she'd be like, Jack, like, my, I'm, I'm a defense attorney. I can't just go investigating some dumb conspiracy. My only job is to make sure that my client is protected. And he'd be like, all right, thanks. Off to my Greyhound bus. And it would be like, oh, my God, you're, like, dealing with this child. So I, I was just... I, I liked her. She had, she had some sass. She was smart. She was competent. She wasn't a pushover. I liked her. Uh, who did you like? Jai Courtney. <laughs> that was the uh, killer? Yeah. Uh... You like that old guy you met at the end when he went to the shooting range. He became his little sidekick. Yeah, uh, Robert Duvall was in the movie, and he played a relatively minor role of a guy who runs a a target shooting range, and he invested it with a certain amount of uh, charm and humor, so yeah, I liked him fine. I liked him too. There was a character... Great Santini! Yeah. There was a character in this that made me kind of uncomfortable. Well, we'll talk about that later. No, no, which character made you uncomfortable? So it becomes apparent at some point in the movie that... The bad guys who are basically running this construction scam that's gone deadly uh, are are 
getting information from either the DA, DA, either the DA's office or the police. And they, at first it seems like it is Rosamund Pike's father. She basically all but accuses him of this. We're storming out. And no, it turns out it's the uh, investigating officer on the... Spoiler. 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 We spoil everything in these. Yeah. It's on the... That, that's our tin. general motto in life. We spoil everything. It's on the tin. It's on the opening of our episode. So, I'm, so spoiler, he's the mole. And what made me uncomfortable, he's, he's the only main black character. He's actually the only, only main character who's a person of color as far as I recall. And he's suddenly just bad. And it's not like he's a particularly interesting villain. It's not like he explains to them, oh, here's what I'm here's what I'm thinking. It just at the end he turns bad because that makes it a more exciting plot because the lady lawyer gets kidnapped by the bad guys. And that was a way for them to do that. And I was just like, I don't know. All the white people against like the one black guy. I just, I, it, it made me, I don't know, maybe a little uncomfortable, but maybe I'm just being a PC lib or something. What do you think? You're so woke. You just can't help it. It's not that it's not that I, I'm saying people of color can't be villains in a movie. It's just I don't know. It just seemed like a it's it seemed like an interesting choice. Uh, did you like the fact that there was there's a strong female character and Jack Reacher, but there's no hint of any romance at all between them? I ended up liking that. I was worried she was gonna fall for him, and it's like, nah, she can do better. She's not gonna. She's gonna let him go off on his little on his little greyhound bus with his little one shirt and uh you know, just <laughs> she's gonna stay there. <laughs> that felt that felt realistic to the the two characters that we saw in the movie. So I appreciated that they they didn't need they didn't feel like they needed that. Right. So who's the main bad guy in this? Uh well known director. And former, uh, maybe best known for appearing on Parks and Rec, uh, Werner Herzog. <laughs> Which was wild. When he comes out, you almost expect people to be like, look, it's Werner Herzog. Like at the end, Jack Reacher's has him at gunpoint in a trailer. And it's like, and Rosamund Puck's like, who is he? It's Werner Herzog. <laughs> He's gone bad. The bear tape drove him insane. <laughs> now he's doing a construction scam instead of making great movies. <laughs> I confess the only movie by him I've ever seen is Grizzly Man which was I thought great never saw it it's very upsetting but it's good what about it appeal to uh, young Miss Kane it's like a what what would drive a person to want to live among very dangerous bears and get his girlfriend killed and also several bears killed as a result of his obsession. Did you come away from the film understanding what made him do that? He was nuts. <laughs> so you need a two-hour film to explain that? I, enjoy, I enjoyed the film. I thought he was a good uh, good documentarian, told the story in an interesting and memorable way. There's a scene of him uh, listening to the tapes that the couple had that uh, recorded them being killed by a bear essentially and he he looks very stricken afterwards and tells the woman that she shouldn't have them that she should destroy the tapes 
that that was a memorable moment for me. Yeah, no, I like I like kind of morbid documentaries. And, it, and it's a hell of a morbid documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Ah! You're making your little bear sounds now. Scare me. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, th- I think also having having a case where it's like a fake mass shooting to disguise, to disguise one specific assassination, I enjoy kind of like narrowing down, okay, who exactly was the target? What happened? Why were they so desperate to make it look like something else? You know, and I like, I also like how competent the villains are for the most part in the film. You know, I mean, there's one point where Jack is getting into a gun battle with two of the goons and they're giving him, they're giving, you know, they're giving their best. They, they end up getting killed, but they, they lasted for a while. And then two other guys come out immediately and get immediately shot. And I was like, wow, they really, they should have saved those other two guys for later. <laughs> those guys were like, do 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 off the work. I mean, that wasn't, not impressive. So there's a shootout. Pretty much all the bad guys get killed. Yep. And then Jack says, I'm out of here. And the picture ends. And it's implied that the soldier who murdered people in the war, but got away with it, is going to, you know, he's, he's going to be let off for this one because he, he wasn't guilty. He was framed. Meanwhile, Jack is on a bus. He hears a man being rude to a woman. So he gets up to go take care of it. He and was, the credits roll. He, he was hitting a woman, Kevin. <laughs> Shows a lot about you. The credits roll. Five star final. Well, take. what's your what's your take on this film? You you've seen it before. Did you have any different thoughts this time? What did you think this time? Generally, I think it's a solid action movie. It's not great. It's not terrible. I think it is a bit long. I think it could be improved by tightening it up, losing maybe half hour. I'd say that... I think it could also benefit from not... The filmmakers not being so much in love with the character of Jack Reacher. They really love this guy. Yeah, when a movie loves a character, you really have to have a lovable character where it's justified or it's just going to get annoying. While many components of Jack Reacher, the movie, are totally competent... A truly great action flick is out of this film's reach. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore and at Mystery to Me Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at Mystery to Me Podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T O.